0: How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run The Real featuring Mike, Terry, and Dan.
1: We're missing one, man. I was waiting for Fox, and then I was like, oh, wait.
2: It felt weird. Yeah, I was like waiting too, and you came in. I was like, wait, what? No.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're off.
2: It felt wrong. I almost didn't.
1: (laughs) I almost didn't.
2: This could be the world's longest recording. Dan could still just be waiting for years.
1: (laughs) 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 He never said his name.
0: Yes, unfortunately, we are down Fox tonight. He is out doing life stuff and having a good time somewhere with a beer because he keeps sending me pictures of it. (laughs) He's just down there having brews instead of having brews with us. Yeah. But we miss them, but yeah, we're doing kind of a side story tonight. Well, not side story. Well, I guess it could be. We're doing a side thing. I don't think we have a name for it. A one-off. A one-off side thing. And uh, I unintentionally tricked uh, Dan and Terry into watching this movie when they <laughs> thought it was something else. And they were like, yeah, <laughs> let's watch that movie. But uh,
2: yep. yep, both were disappointed. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought it was something else, but you know what? We got I've actually seen this movie before and I'm not against watching it again, so.
0: Yeah, we uh we watched From Beyond 1986, which is uh based on an H.P. Lovecraft short story. I had not heard of this at all before until um we went to one of our local theaters that plays uh kind of uh, underground stuff or older stuff. And I think it was at, we went to Carpenter Fest and they had this as like a preview or they were going to show it like a a month later as a special feature or something. And I was like, you know, that looks kind of cool. And it's always just been on the back burner for me. So I threw it out there and, uh, (laughs) you guys thought it was something else. Uh, We
2: eagerly went to our TVs to pull it up and then we're like, wait, (laughs) from the beyond i thought we were doing the beyond (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yeah so i guess just a quick synopsis there's these uh group of scientists who have developed this thing called the resonator um which is a machine that allows people to see beyond um like their normal dimension or reality when it's turned on because it vibrates and it stimulates something in your brain which becomes pretty gross later the pineal gland yeah yeah the pineal gland and they start out with just the two guys who built it at start and one of them gets his head bit off and the other guy's insane so they bring in a psychiatrist and they uh end up recreating the experiment and uh things happen
1: yep <laughs> as you can suspect with the lovecraft story <laughs> something else to point out too is this is directed by Stuart gordon who is Probably most famous for Reanimator, which the three of us have talked about in the past in our college radio show days.
2: We did, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we
1: did. So this is a a throwback of sorts, if you will. <laughs> yeah,
2: going back to the classics. <laughs> yeah, you know that's not the only uh throwback here though. Guess who else came back for this episode? What's that? Brian Yuzna. Who's that? Dan's favorite. Ugh. The director of society. I can't believe it. You know, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Where's he at in here? His name's the first thing that pops up in the text, like in the credits at the beginning. It's Brian Yuzna production produced yep. by Brian Yuzna. <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> yeah. Not a fan, just saying. <laughs> I did not catch that. Did he work on Reanimator? It looks like he did this he worked on the sequels but maybe not Reanimator itself.
2: Definitely I can see where Society came from after watching this. <laughs> did, did this
1: come out before Society? Society
0: was like uh upper 80s. This was 86.
1: Okay, so then, yeah, that would make sense then. He didn't get the KY jelly from the alien set. He got it from beyond.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's
1: just always had it, Dan. What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> he just needs to turn on his resonator and get a bucket.
0: Oh, man. So what did you guys think about From Beyond?
1: Um, <laughs> I have lots of thoughts about From Beyond, actually. Ah, uh-huh. he's
2: got the list. It's back. He's back. But will it be for good or for worse this time? Hmm. We'll, we'll
1: see. I guess just to start it off, this is based off of a short story from H.P. Lovecraft, like Mike uh, pointed out. And I went ahead and listened to it today, again, so I could compare it to the movie they made. Needless to say, uh... The movie takes a lot of liberties with the story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That does not surprise me. (laughs) Yeah, you kind
1: of have to when it's a short story because basically the short story is H.P. Lovecraft's character, um, which is the same dude basically for all his stories he writes, goes and visits Dr. Crawford Tillinghast at his, I don't remember... As a place where he has the resonator, basically. And they're sitting there talking, and Crawford, like, turns it on and shows them. And he sees the jelly-like things that attack the other jelly-like things. Because Lovecraft, it talks a lot more about, like, the weird geometry and, like, um, the elder beings and elder gods and stuff, which the movie kind of shies away from. So the basic premise is the same and it ends with Crawford Tillinghast going nuts basically and trying to get the stuff from beyond to eat uh HP Lovecraft's character And that's all it is really wow the huh. the premise is the same but Stuart Gordon <laughs> just like reanimators like let's insert a bunch of sex stuff
2: yep yep <laughs> <laughs> he likes that yeah Let's make it a little weirder, a little, yeah, nastier. Maybe add some humorous elements. Not as much as Reanimator, but that's still a little, like, over the top in this, too.
1: Reanimator's a lot funnier than this movie is. But if I remember correctly, I think me and Mike were both of the opinion that Reanimator pushed the limit a little too far with the sex stuff in it, it farther than we thought was appropriate or needed to be but this one it i don't think it does it's not as i don't know tasteless i'd say <laughs> as reanimator <laughs> is um hmm. it still's weird though which i'm sure we'll talk about and i i kind of well personally i'm a big hp lovecraft fan so i would have preferred that they went more of like the void route and actually went into the more elder god stuff you know all the cosmic horror as opposed to (laughs) switching it to what they did
0: so what i'm hearing dan is you prefer a uh lingerie dominatrix over a uh zombie head going in for the goods (laughs) that's detached (laughs) from the body
1: yeah i'll say yes to that it's a little more uh, tasteful for you
2: <laughs> Anyways, all right. <laughs> this was a very special episode of Run the Real. Yeah. Don't cut
0: that one, Terry. That one's has <laughs> gold.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I do feel like the weird sex stuff is a lot more present in this, but I think that actually helps it rather than like, you know, with reanimator, like it's kind of a goofy over the top thing. And then once it gets to like the infamous scene of the, the head, that's when yeah. it's like, oh, this is just uncomfortable and weird. But since it's like Almost constant, like f- almost from the beginning, we know something weird is going on with like the sex stuff or whatever, like what Stuart Gordon's trying to say, I guess with it, I don't know, but it's present <laughs> from like straight from the get go, so yeah,
1: like Reanimator, I don't think he has much to say by adding that in, but i I don't know it is more it fits better in this than it did in Reanimator with what they're going for, and it's a little. Humorous with the um, pineal gland when it um, <laughs> ha, how, how should I how should we put it when the pineal gland emerges yeah. <laughs> emerges like a phallus, you know? <laughs> yeah, right
2: out of the forehead, this long, uh, tingly. Tendrily... Well,
1: to put getting to that off some more, I'll say that <laughs> uh, practical effects are very good in this and very nasty, especially especially that freaking pineal gland because it's like it's just like this hole that's like constantly bleeding in the head and then that little gland sitting in there and then it comes out and back in it's (laughs) it's 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 so so nasty i hate looking at
2: it (laughs) yeah and it's just like looking around and yeah like just like i guess i don't know like waving around in the air it's just yeah yeah.
0: i want to get back to what you were guys were talking about earlier but yeah that pineal gland thing i don't know how they did that prosthetic i mean i'm guessing there was a string attached to it and they pulled it out moved it around i don't know how else they would have done that
2: i bet you're right yeah i bet you they like to control it i bet there's just like somebody above him kind of just like waving it around or something or
0: the fish wire out there
2: (laughs) yeah it must be i don't know how else they would do that
0: but yeah I want to get back to kind of what we were talking about earlier. I got like Hellraiser vibes from this a little bit, you know, not as extreme, but yeah. you know, the the whole premise <laughs> of Hellraiser. I know for some reason the 3 of us talk about Hellraiser a lot. I don't I don't know why it just always comes why. up when we're playing games or something. Hellraiser always comes up somehow. <laughs> TV's seen them all.
2: I have seen them all. And honestly, I'm like not even the biggest fan of them. I just I don't know why. I think the idea is cool of it, but I just don't think they've ever quite like hit it right, I guess. I don't know. The Cenobites are cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the
0: the whole point of like the first Hellraiser is that there's this higher plane of pleasure that like you've experienced all you can on earth and you have to go to this other dimension i guess after you summon the xenobites or you bring them from another dimension and they do all this masochistic stuff to you uh (laughs) say stuff it's very nasty but that theme is kind of in here because when they turn on the resonator well and the best way to put it uh, certain characters uh, they get very (laughs) sexually attracted and aroused to each other it it was interesting i thought even when it's not on it had already altered their brain because when uh the girl's getting up in her dominatrix outfit uh, the resonator's not even on but she's been like changed and wants this other form of pleasure it's it's an interesting kind of theme that was in there i wasn't expecting from this uh gore porn um i guess (laughs) movie from the rest of it
1: it's because their uh, pineal glands were stimulated and they were growing and apparently according to the movie that has a connection to um getting sexually aroused so i loved it when the the
0: cop came back up there and she was all dressed up (laughs) She walked over to him, and he's like, oh, man. You can see him struggling with it so hard. And he pulls it together, which is cool. I wasn't expecting that. I love that guy. That guy did awesome. He was
2: great. He was awesome, yeah.
0: Like when he tackled the scientist guy in his underwear. In a speedo. Down <laughs> <the stairs. laughs> that was awesome.
2: Yeah, he was ready. Just took him out. Yeah, he
0: was like dead asleep, you know, kind of having the weird things. Once they turned the resonator on, he was like twitching, but he didn't wake up. But when the guy tried to run down the stairs to the basement, oh, he was up.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He puts it in a good way, though, I think with like he compares it to like a drug addict kind of like. Once somebody gets a taste for this resonator, like it might not always hook you, but. For certain people, like the psychiatrist or doctor Pretorius, they're just going to go nuts for it. Like, they love it. They need more. They can't get it anywhere else.
1: Well, it makes sense for Pretorius' character, because they kind of like, I guess he's a eunuch or something? That's what he called him. Yeah, I guess he's a eunuch or something, and then when they first get there, they find that he's been, like, paying women to come over so he can beat them and stuff, so... It makes sense why he got enamored by the resonator and the the sixth sense that awakens within him. Basically,
2: I was really happy to see uh, Jeffrey Combs back. He's like one of my favorite actors. I love that guy. He's so good, especially in Reanimator. And this, he's really good too. But yeah, I just the way he just does his lines is perfect. I'm trying to think what was the line he says. Like he bit off his head. Like a gingerbread man, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a dumb line, but the way he says it is like so good it's like oh, he nailed it, he's amazing, I really like him, yeah,
0: he did good because uh there's a point in the movie where he gets like eaten or half eaten by a creature, and he is like bald and kind of scarred from it then from then on, and he plays so different than he did before. He was the guy who had the pineal gland going out of his head and everything eating people's brains yeah he was uh sucking the brain out through the eye
1: that's so gnarly i did think it was funny when he escapes and they're like from his um hospital room and they're like go find him and then the the nurse or whatever sees all the blood and goop coming out of that room i'm like uh, nobody else noticed that. Huh? <laughs> she goes in there and he's munching down on her brain. <laughs> I noticed
2: that and I was working there. I just keep going. I'm like, all yeah, right. I ain't going in there. <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep going. I didn't see a thing. Let's yeah, let's keep moving here. Uh, not
0: my job, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> it's kind of weird because I guess that's what gets awakened in him is like the urge to eat heads or brains, just like the monster yeah. does.
1: <laughs> he doesn't want to procreate. He wants to eat brains. <laughs> he wants brains. <laughs> he turns into a zombie.
0: <laughs> it it is kind of interesting. I think how it affects them differently. Where one of them's like, "Hey, I need to have a lot of pleasure," and he's kind of like, "I want to eat. I'm hungry. And I'm gonna eat your brain."
2: Yeah, it's kind of like the the id. Is that the right term of the subconscious? The one that's just kind of like primal and one of them is, feeds. I don't... <laughs> I'm not a yeah brain <laughs> specialist or anything, but it kind of just like I feel like that's kind of what it does. Is yeah, it just kind of enhances that, and you can't resist.
1: They should have like gone like, because obviously they go pretty over the top and nuts with. with the things in this movie they should have done more with that like every time he eats a brain he gets like smarter or his head grows to a different size or something like that
2: that would have been cool or he had like the memories or the personality of the people with him, or something yeah keep
1: it kind of in line with dr pretorius turning into a goop monster (laughs) in the beyond
2: (laughs) yeah yeah because he kind of does that too once he absorbs um jeffrey combs character they're both in there now and i guess they just they're at odds i guess and so they just kind (laughs) of kill each other in the end but
0: yeah i love that when uh uh crawford was like come eat me and he gets his head eaten and he's like going in there i was like he's gonna fight him in the beyond and then when he started pulling the hercules and like coming out of him from the inside i was like you know this is kind of nasty but i'm about it
2: yeah yeah it was kind of cool the only way to stop him at that point i guess was to join him because i don't know apparently they can just turn on the resonator whatever they want now i don't know (laughs) like the first time they activate it but then like i think the third second or third time it like just turns on because like lightning hits it or i don't know like you see, like, a lightning effect on the the, the trigger?
0: Well, I got that that was... Pretorius was doing it from the beyond. He was turning it back on so he could uh, interact with the people in the house again.
1: Which is a good idea, I think, but they don't set it up well at all in the movie because it's a classic case of a horror movie setting a rule and then immediately breaking it because they say that the Resonator is what connects the two worlds, so theoretically since the resonators in the main world or dimension or whatever people in the beyond don't have access to it until it gets turned on so why would they be able to turn it on from the beyond well they said
0: uh they're surrounded by it at all times so i could see that well everything that was in the beyond was kind of like a little eel thing or there was that monster. So the only thing in there that was with conscience was uh, Pretorius that we saw in the movie. So I could see him actually figuring out a way to manipulate the real world from the beyond, you know,
1: because he's actually aware of what's going on. Yeah, they don't, don't they don't give us enough information for me to say it works a hundred percent though. Cause like like I like I said, him doing it from beyond is a good concept, a good horror concept, right? Like he's reaching through the dimensions to to screw with you basically. And that's very Lovecraftian as well, which is a nice um getting it back to its roots actually in this. But they don't do it well enough to make it work for me like my favorite part of this film was the opening like 10 minutes of it because it's it's such a great setup because you've got the crazy scientist in um the house with all the flashing lights and then the the other characters in the town are like what is going on and then it keeps cutting back and he's explaining how um he's made contact with the beyond and there's stuff there and then they go in there and then he starts going mad and he's like, It's coming and all that stuff. It's so creepy, it's so well done. That's what the spirit of the short story is, is that setup and that kind of horror. But after that they just kinda throw it away to do the weird sex things and goop monsters and all that stuff. So it, it let me down a lot after that opening because I, I was real excited after the opening. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be good. And then eh. <laughs> I, I get it. I mean, they are, you know, interpreting a short
0: story. And that's what a lot of these Lovecraft movies do is they take the idea that he had and they adapt it and they change it. You know, it's it's based off of that. And they just kind of add their own stuff to it
1: which is fine and is to be expected, right? Because you can't translate from one medium to another medium 100%, especially H.P. Lovecraft stuff. But it's like, I still like when they try because there's a lot of movies, well, not a lot, but there's movies that do succeed in doing that. And it's, I don't know, I, I was hoping for more than just the weird sex stuff again cuz it's like that feels like something easy to fall back on to.
2: It is kind of a director's trope, I guess. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that too.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I I kind of get the it's kind of like the getting obsessed. A lot of these Lovecraft, they get obsessed with these dark secrets and stuff. I mean, they get obsessed with it for sexual reasons maybe, but I think it still kind of fits in that vein. No sane mind would turn the resonator back on the second time. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: Like like it it does still fit, but it's not it's not staying true to the the spirit of
2: the story. Yeah, I mean, all of Lovecraft's stories are fairly like sexless, if I'm not mistaken. Like I can't think of one that has any love interest. There's not really ever like you know, like a love story or anything in it. At least not very often that I can think of.
1: Yeah. I I can't think of any either. And I've listened or read most of them, so which and, and it's like I'm not it against that at all like it has its place right but i was just wanting you know more of the the source material i guess kind of cuz that that's why i like lovecraft as an author is he, he he goes above the traditional horror tropes that you're used to seeing and does something unique and completely different with his horror and that's why it's really interesting to me and i enjoy reading it i wouldn't be talking about it well i probably would actually but (laughs) it's like that that setup was so good for that type of film right i give props to anybody who tries to adapt a lovecraft story because that is very hard to do in a visual media
0: (laughs) i would say look at it this way dan this is a pretty low budget movie and they spent most of their budget on the body horror stuff and i would assume they probably didn't have much money. This movie's really short. And the whole sex thing that you're hating on, just it adds another dynamic in a way that's cheap and they could do it. So it adds another dynamic to the story, another theme, uh, is some more depth to it. I don't feel like it detracts any from the story. I think it only adds to
1: it. Eh, I wouldn't say it adds to it, really. Put it more in context since we were talking about Hellraiser and this obviously, the angle they took with it relates a lot back to Hellraiser. I don't like Hellraiser. If you listen to our society (laughs) review, I threw society in there with movies I wish I hadn't seen and right at the top of that is Hellraiser. That movie is nasty and (laughs) disgusting and I hate the theme that they explore in that because I think that it is like weird and shouldn't be thought of that way (laughs) so it's probably a little bit of my personal taste coming in here for why i didn't care for it too much to me it just felt like ah this is the like you said the the easy way the cheap way because we've spent all of our money on the special effects i think to me it kind of came off more goofy than anything because of like what they did with the whole sex angle and (laughs) (laughs) the 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 pineal gland basically being (laughs) (laughs) being phallic in nature and all that
2: stuff which i don't think that's on accident either i think it is trying to be a little goofy
1: for for sure yeah and so i didn't care for it we'll put it that way
0: (laughs) i do think this has a lot of black humor in it kind of darker humor especially you know like when uh, the scientist guy's out there eating the paramedics and the hobo guys just throwing a fit <laughs> It's like the man with the snake in his head. <laughs> There's a lot of goofy stuff that happens in this movie. When you kind of separate yourself and look back on it, you're like, Man, that was actually really pretty funny.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's kinda of like a, a B movie done really well, I think, like it's just a really good blend of the weird, cheesy stuff. Yet somehow they get, they yeah, they can just pull it off perfectly and still have some genuinely like really good effects and some eerier moments and stuff along with it.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's definitely going for the B movie aspect. I mean, that's something that Jeffrey Combs does very well with his acting style. So. Anytime you see him in a movie, you can probably know that's what they're going for. (laughs) So let's talk about the body
0: horror. That is amazing in this movie.
2: It's so gross. Yeah, like it's great, (laughs) but it's also just like, man. So I was watching like a a short like clip thing on youtube while i was eating lunch today of it and i was like i had to st- i stopped because i was like you know this was probably the worst time i <laughs> <laughs> decided to watch it it's like i just want to brush up on some stuff before the show and i was like it eh, actually you know what i think i'll be okay <laughs>
1: the first time they encounter pretorius in the beyond and like his face like just comes apart and starts like like all the tendrils come off his face and or and like just start waggling at him oh that was gross Uh,
2: i hated that (laughs) it's such a cool escalation yeah because he's like i'm here you can touch me if it makes you believe and they like put their hand on him it just like seeps into his body like it leaves an indention oh and then he starts laughing oh geez it's perfect like so gross but yeah and he's like peeling his face off and
1: then every time they come back he's more monstrous he gets weirder looking every time (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that worm That was in the basement. Oh, that was so cool. The worm was awesome. I was not expecting that when he went down to the basement.
2: (laughs) A giant worm. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that thing was really cool. It's huge, too. Like, that's a massive puppet that they have there.
1: It looks good.
0: I know I talked about this in our society review, but... I love these movies that actually do the practical effects for the body horror stuff because they have a like a certain charm that you don't get anymore. No movies do this anymore hardly. If if you're listening, and you know movies that do. Please let me know. I was I was looking up on the IMDb. Um, there's like a poll of the most bizarre body horror things, and most of them are from the '70s, '80s, '90s. But you do get some like uh, human centipede. There's a couple others in here, but I wouldn't mind us doing a body horror category coming up, you know?
2: Yeah,
1: that'd be fun. I think The Void might be the most recent one that did really good practical effects for body horror.
2: Yeah, that was good.
1: The
0: Color from Outer Space, did that do practical?
2: Yeah, that did pretty good, yeah. It had a lot of, like, thing-esque effects.
1: I don't know why I forgot about that one. Yeah,
2: Speaking <laughs> of Lovecraft. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's still out there. It seems like it is mostly like lower budget stuff, though, that still does it, which is weird because it usually looks better than anything else.
0: I'm, I'm not knocking CGI. CGI is great. I feel like it's a good tool to set backgrounds, you know, but everything in the foreground, like I love to see an actor who's got the suit on, actually, you know, who's actually got the makeup, the prosthetics, and you can see the depth to it. You can be like, oh, wow. That's kind of real looking. That looks awesome. It's got a charm
1: to it that CGI doesn't. Now, hold on here, Mike. Aren't you the one criticizing all them kaiju films for well, wearing the rubber suits? Well, hmm. well. I, I'm, I'm sensing some hypocrisy. Now the here. box is
2: gone. I, We've got him, Dave. We got
1: him, Dave. My <laughs>
0: thing with that wasn't that they were in the suits. <laughs> It was that I wasn't buying it. Like, when we watched the... I haven't seen a ton of them, but you guys were like, I love the Frankenstein's Frankenstein, but that guy was barely, like, throwing rocks at Baragon or whatever. I haven't seen enough to criticize that. I get it, but I'm I'm saying the body <laughs> horror aspects, that kind of stuff, I I yeah. love the charm that that has. I couldn't resist,
1: Mike. It's to. all right.
0: I mean yeah the the Kaiju movies do have a charm, I guess, for the ones that I have seen <laughs> <laughs> where Godzilla is a guy in a suit or Godzilla's son is a guy in the suit. I like that stuff. I just think I was hating I did not enjoy Frankenstein versus the
1: universe yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. that movie was called. Mm-hmm. I did not enjoy that one I get you and, and and I agree with you too. I love watching most of these body horror movies because. It's cool seeing the practical effects and how they can like tie it in for shock value appropriately. Like, I'd say, even though I don't really care for the subject matter they chose to go with in this one, they still do the body horror better than something like Society, which I wanted to talk about, like comparing these two movies, since, well, they're both weird, goopy sex monsters, essentially, is what they are. But I'd say, from beyond handle or does that much better than what society did cuz it like it has a place for it in the movie and it doesn't overutilize the um the practical effects of the goop monster and anything right so i i just think from beyond and like handles it much better like what the thing does as opposed to society and what <laughs> what they chose to do with that one
2: Well, what really helps with this is that they actually, like, show you it right away, kind of. You know, like, you get a taste of it pretty quickly. Whereas in society, it's like you're kind of waiting up until the very end, and suddenly it's all just, like, shunted into you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which, there's still good effects, but yeah, I think I prefer From Beyond here because, yeah, it's more evenly spaced out. There's a little more build up to it, that kind of thing. It's like a really creative movie too i think it's just yeah it's just so like weird and out there kind of like how i said about society but i think this one even more so like it's just this weird vision that because this is what this director does it seems like is these weird (laughs) Lovecrafty and body horror sex stuff which yeah it's interesting (laughs) like it's weird but you know you don't really get that uh fix anywhere else do you (laughs) like (laughs) i
1: I guess not (laughs)
2: Nothing quite satisfies that craving, quite like a, a reanimator or a, this.
1: A craving, huh?
0: It's like a morbid craving. You know, you you got to vet the people out who you're going to try and show yes. this movie to before you do it. You got to be like, hmm, what kind of movies you like? And they're like, oh, I like uh, rom-coms and that kind of stuff. You're like, don't show them these movies. <laughs> well, are we ready for some overall presentation? I think so. What's the scale in the uh, in the alternate dimension? What's the scale? <laughs> the
2: alternate scale. Oh, God. Hmm. Probably to the same. <laughs> I know we've got burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it. I don't know. Will this movie push us beyond our limitations?
1: Oh, no. Will it resonate with some of our hosts?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good right there. Speaking of resonators, uh, <laughs> oh god! so I was uh <laughs> tinkering around with my uh, invention, which I happen to hmm. also call a resonator, uh, in my apartment, and it allows me to see beyond our own reality, much like this movie, um, hidden things that you wouldn't normally see but are always there. I flicked it on and I looked up into the sky and I gasped. <laughs> I saw the words above me saying, Mike will go first for this review i quickly turned off the resonator rushed to my microphone and then we began recording
0: wonderful i love it so yeah I'll, I'll just review it here i guess overall presentation you know i enjoyed this movie quite a bit the more i think about it the more i enjoyed it full disclosure i did buy this movie it because was a when dollar you
1: more. yeah
0: when you look at it on amazon it was a uh, 4.99 to buy the movie, and it was 3.99 to rent yep. it.
2: What? <laughs> yep. Wow. I wish I'd have noticed that.
0: I I did buy it because I was like, you know what? If I ever want to watch this movie again, it's it's better to just have it on there. So the only movies I own on Amazon Prime are Annihilation <laughs> from Beyond,
2: <laughs> two Lovecraft inspired movies, <laughs>
0: and I don't regret it at all because I think. You know, the story is interesting. I love the resonator. I love the acting. I loved kind of the the black, dark humor that's in this. And I really love the body horror. I would say the body horror is on par with movies like The Fly and uh, the Thing. I think they did a really good job with it. And I enjoyed watching this movie quite a bit. And I can see myself watching it again sometimes. So I would say you know, buy it. It's only a dollar more than renting it <laughs> on Amazon Prime. So just buy it, you know?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, the more I talk about it, the more I do like it. Um, I don't know if I'm, like, comparing it to Reanimator, because they're both very kind of similar in tone, I would say. Um, But it's different in some interesting ways, which, like, yeah, there's more, like, weird sex stuff in it, but the fact that it's there from the beginning makes it a little more palpable I guess, rather than with reanimator where the one scene shows up and you're like, eh, you okay, we're going here now, huh? I don't know. I'm trying to decide which one I like better and I don't know if that's really the place for my overall presentation. <laughs> Maybe I should just move on, but I don't know. I like them both for different reasons. Um yeah, the gore and the body horror is amazing in this movie. I love Jeffrey Combs in this movie. Uh he's one of my favorite actors. There's some interesting ideas in it as well. They're kind of weird, but I kind of expect that from Stuart Gordon. There are some plot stuff that I think is weird, like the whole guy from beyond being able to turn on the switch seems weird to me. There's like a moment where one of the worms happens to eat one of the bindings that Barbara Crampton's trapped in (laughs) for whatever reason, so she can be free, because I guess the plot says it's time for me to be free now. I forgot (laughs) about that. (laughs) There's some stuff in here that's kind of like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's well thought out, but I think the vibe is what really holds this movie up. And the tone is kind of a weird blend of goofy, gross, and bizarre. So I think I'm going to give it a bite as well, actually. Um, especially now that I know it's only like five <laughs> bucks on Amazon. Uh, but it's a really unique movie. And uh, you don't really get this kind of movie often. And honestly, the only one I can think of that like has the same tone to it is by the same director, and that's ReAnimator. animator So I'm giving it a bite.
1: Oh man, this is a weird one for me, the rate. If you're coming in here because you're excited that it's a Lovecraft adaptation, don't get your hopes up because while it does keep the theme loosely connected to Lovecraft, it, it takes it in a completely different direction than what was intended by the actual story. So... If you're looking for stuff like that, the the usual fare is what you're gonna want to go for, like the Void or the Thing or the Mouth of Madness or in the Mouth of Madness or the Color Out of Space. Most recent, those are more what you're looking for. Like Terry said, this is more in lines with Reanimator, which is a goofy B horror film with a lot of dark comedy in it. I, I, I. Reanimator's is interesting, because it, it is pretty funny and goofy, but it does push it too far, I think, in the, <laughs> the it's probably most well-known scene, I would argue. kind of like how I think society pushes it too far, and what Hellraiser pushes too far as well. It falls in that same line of thinking, which I've never really enjoyed in the movies. All the ones I've watched where they do that, it's kind of like Eh, leaves a bad taste in my mouth, and I don't like it. That being said, though, this one has more is more tasteful about it. It's upfront about what it's gonna be uh, going for, and it is pretty funny in multiple occasions with it. Um, it's gross and funny with what they do with the body horror and how it ties into that stuff. So, I think I'll. Mm, if you've listened to this review and you're interested, I'd say give it a watch and see what you think because, honestly, for this type of movie, it's pretty tasteful compared to the other things I've seen in this this subset. And like Mike and Terry said, too, the body horror is very good in this. It's, it's worth watching just to see that, I'd say. And, of course, um, Jeffrey Combs, is great in the movie too. All the actors you know the main actors do a pretty good job in this and are likable for different reasons. I think I'll say this is a soft watch it for me. If 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 you're interested, give it a watch. If if you don't think it's your thing, then yeah, don't don't even bother and pass on it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good point. If you're not into like body horror movies, you probably won't like this.
1: Yeah, this one it, it handles it a lot better than the other ones do, which I am a-okay with.
2: <laughs> I think it's interesting. Yeah, I would never have thought to describe this movie as tasteful, but...
1: <laughs> I, compared,
2: compared to the
1: competition, <laughs> I wish I could like cut out that scene and reanimate her. because if I could, then I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to get this because it's a Goofy B movie. But, you know, this movie doesn't really go that far, which... I I am impressed Stuart Gordon kept some taste in it, I suppose. Restraint? <laughs> so he, used, he used some restraint, which I appreciate, because I didn't, I didn't want to throw two movies into that bin so soon.
2: <laughs> That's, you heard it here. Second most tasteful film, only behind Velocipaster. <laughs> oh,
1: Man, that God. sex scene was so good. <laughs> they didn't even have sex in that. They had their clothes on. <laughs>
2: That's why it's tasteful.
1: That's not a sex scene. It was so good. It's not
2: a sex scene. They don't got to show me everything. I know what happened.
1: I suppose. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. It was off camera. That makes sense, but it still was weird. <laughs> don't listen to this. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> We're down a man, but we gave this one a uh,
0: a buy it. I think from beyond with the caveat or caveat, you know. You'd probably know if you like this movie or not, so...
1: (laughs) What would be a good movie to watch to see if they would like something like this? The Thing, The Fly. The Thing's goopy, goop-monstery, but it doesn't go with the whole sex angle and tie it in with, like, (laughs) you
0: know. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you like the body horror and you want to take it in a kind of different direction that's going to challenge you watching it with different themes... This is uh, a good one, I would say.
2: If you want to find out quick, if you're going to be into it or not, just watch like the first five minutes of Hellraiser and you'll know. Oh.
1: <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't listen to Terry. Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when I watched that, I was eating a snack and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I'm going to watch a horror classic and then... I- <laughs> watched the first five minutes picked up my snack put it back in the kitchen came back i was like i can't eat for this one huh meat
1: hooks and a snack don't
2: go well together yeah
1: don't listen to terry just watch this one
2: if you're interested i guess
0: well where can they recommend these movies that push it too far
2: well you can send us recommendations or whatever you want you can talk about the review if you agree or disagree with us whatever you can hit us up at Facebook or on Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com. at gmail dot com. So, hit us up. Yeah, we want to hear your thoughts. Do you like From the Beyond? Is it a a good entry point to uh, <laughs> body horror? I guess <laughs> body horror, or and or like weird body horror slash pleasure pain type hellraiser style movies that seems very yeah. specific but
1: <laughs> just watch the thing you <laughs> if you want body
2: horror <laughs> send us a line let us know what you think i want to hear your guys' thoughts on this one
0: yeah be sure to hit us up we would love to hear from
2: you so what's coming up next we had our one-off what are we doing next i think dan's got his pick coming up next we're going back to samurai movies for our finale
1: we know fox would probably um whack us with the samurai sword if we skipped out on doing the last <laughs> one with him not being in it we we can't do a samurai category without an akira kurosawa film and so i am going to pick not seven samurai but the hidden fortress seven samurai is very good and you should go watch that but let's talk about something else that maybe not as many people know of or have heard of because everybody's heard of seven samurai but have you heard of the hidden fortress have you seen the hidden fortress george lucas has
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and we'll talk about that in our review i'm
2: sure <laughs> Ooh, okay very interesting our star wars series lives on it's back i'm curious to see this now like if i wasn't already of course with kurosawa i don't think i've seen a single kurosawa movie no you
1: watched rashomon with this
2: oh you're right okay i take it back i've seen one yeah and that was good i really like that that's like my favorite of his too out of what i've seen yeah well it's good it's gonna be good to dive back in maybe it'll inspire me to finally watch my copy of seven samurai
0: you should All right. Well, thanks for listening to us tonight, everybody. We really appreciate it. Be sure to tune in next week for our finale of the Samurai movies. This is Run The Real, signing off.